Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Board Game Barbarians. I am your host Andrew and with me as always is my Board Game Barbarian brother Justin. We're Board Game Barbarian half-brothers actually. We don't normally uh, reveal that information. We don't talk about it. <laughs> we, have, we have different barbarian dads. Yeah, and, <laughs> and different barbarian moms. Right, well that would make us... Zero percent brothers. It's close. Well, we were born next to each other, right? In a similar, well, not not physically, not physically next to each other, right? But in like a similar situation to one another. It's a spiritual bond. Same same house. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, not the the same house, but the same kind of house. Yeah, it was the similar Uh, uh, similar house. uh, Yeah, uh, construction. Yeah, yeah, and layout. Yeah, so basically brothers. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, that, let's, I guess we'll do some housekeeping to begin. I usually don't <laughs> uh, do not do that on the show at the very beginning. I don't know why I don't. Uh, go check out Justin's other show. You did Retro it last Warriors. show. I did do it last show. Yeah, and you even called um, it housekeeping. I did call it. All right, well, you know, we're doing it then. <laughs> so you do we're do doing it doing every it right, time. Doing it right now. <laughs> Uh, go check out Justin's other show, Retro Warriors, uh, and check out our other show on Retro Warriors, Talking Wizards. Or if else. You, if you want to kick him as little as a penny. Or else. <laughs> I'll just let you fill in show. the blanks. <laughs> or else what? I'm going to let you fill it in. Oh, okay. Me? Yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or, or else, else I'll feel bad that you didn't want to listen to my show. It made me feel bad. Yeah, he does. He sits there and, and he worries. I do. I he worry so much. About people not listening to his show. <laughs> uh, and then go check out me on Cinema Rogues, my uh, movie podcast that I do with Guy. Yep. Not a guy. His name is Guy. His name clarify. is Guy. Yeah, I mean, he is also a guy. But I, uh, they're both he, true. Yes. So. Both statements are correct. Accurate on both fronts. We did it. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, What you what you been up to? Just not any board games. No board games. (laughs) Why why is that? Uh, I just don't play them unless I'm with you. Honestly, is um, you're the only person that I think deserves to play board games with me. Ah. So other people come over and they're like, Justin, we got this great new board game, and I'm like, Is your name Andrew? Were you born in a similar board game barbarian house to mine, although in a physically different location? Then no, I don't. I just, I just haven't. Um, <laughs> uh, well, actually, we have since the last show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're gonna talk about that on. You know, we we we, we did have board game day uh, again. Um, uh, we've done second. many board game days. I say it like we we did it a second time, but it's been a again. bunch of times. Um, I no, I. I'm not even doing anything even really close to the board game realm. Just lots of video games lately. Just have not been not been doing the board games at yeah. all. I purchased some board games. Oh yes, I yes. I hear that's ninety percent of the hobby. So the Duke purchased that. Well, you had that uh, last show as well. You talked about that. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> Did I purchase it last show? Yeah, you had it last time. I remember because you said you got the Duke. And it sounded like well, I still a got euphemism it. for taking a dump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if we're doing that, I still have my board games as well. I've not gotten rid of any of them. This is, this uh, <laughs> I also got the Deadpool unmatched character in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's cool. 
I'm excited to play it. I haven't played it yet. I, I like kind of like freaked out whenever I was leaving it because, uh, and I talked to you about it because there's a <laughs> card that says, uh, if this card is unsleeved, it's worth more damage. And I was yeah. like, oh no. And there's another one that's like, this is worth more damage if the opponent's name is written on the card. Yeah. And I was like, I have to write on these cards? Yeah. Bla- blasphemy. Yeah. So you just you just put a sticky note under the sleeve, right? I did that at, at, at what you suggested. I just realized I could just Sharpie on the sleeve itself. Yeah, you could if you wanted to ruin a good penny sleeve. Yeah, oh, I mean, you I, might as I well just that. you might as well just chuck a penny right down the garbage disposal if you're going to do that. That's a good point. I just, do that anyway. <laughs> you throw it's pennies regular, in your garbage disposal? <laughs> regular Tuesday. And don't do that. Clean it. No, you got to clean the garbage disposal. The only way to do that's with other metals. Is this a coin star? <laughs> Andrew, no, stop. <laughs> Where do I get my ticket? <laughs> you got to put your hand in there. I did download I I did download a uh a video game board game. I don't remember what it was called and I haven't played it yet. So I I'm not, that's good. I, so I I'm useless <laughs> as far as any other information about it, but it, it, I did it. Well, let's talk about our our game day. Fine. We oh no, don't want to talk <laughs> about it. To. Uh, we played, so we played the game that we're going to talk, we played two of the games we're going to talk about today, which is Alter Quest and Oath. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing we wanted to talk about was we played another super long game of Mage Knight. <laughs> yes, Mage Knight follow-up. I was excited to follow up on this because I, I remember in our Mage Knight episode, I said, man, this second scenario was not nearly as fun as the first one. I would like to play one of the scenarios like maybe Dungeon Lords, which is just, you which see, you can... We did. Yeah, you compete to see who can can clear the most dungeons, and we did that, and it was about a six hour game, yeah. and it was Jeez. it was we had we had a couple breaks. It was yeah, I mean we I think we took a break for lunch and stuff like you know, yeah. Um, but it was I had a lot more fun in that scenario than I did in the second scenario, the one that we kind of had issues with when we did our proper Mage Knight episode. Yeah, I do remember that that the. Uh... We, because there's not really like an end game as far as like you have to go to the castle and you have to defeat yeah, the castle. They, they, yeah, and there was no destination based end game. It was just kind of conquer as much as you can, focus on dungeons because they're worth extra points, and more importantly, the dungeons would let you kind of fast travel around the map after you conquered them. Um, yeah. And I feel like that added a lot to the game. Not having to get to a specific destination and overcome it meant that when we encountered something that was too hard, we didn't have to be like, all right, well, we have to get through this. We just got to have the freedom to go, well, maybe I'll go over there and just conquer that mage tower instead. And I don't, I don't have to worry about it. That'd be nice. Yeah. I I liked it a lot. I think I still had a little bit of the, um, the end game, like not really knowing what to do or not feeling like I had enough time to get somewhere at the very, very end. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I think it was, I don't know that it was more that for me as much as it was just like, I've kind of conquered all the stuff I can conquer. I don't really have time to conquer anything else. I'm just kind of having a couple turns of like, oh, what can I do to get any points, you know? Um, But it felt less like a fizzling than just a kind of like late game, like, oh, well, you know, I'm trying to maximize my score. to do, yeah. Right. I mean, to be fair, we did also still have, we we didn't have the castle. We decided to fight the big honking dude. Yeah, and... (laughs) the uh oh god what's his name um 
Oh, I forgot his name. Uh, but the expansion character who replaces one yeah. of the cities, he's just got this big encampment. And we were like, let's do that. That seems fun. And we got up to it and we were like, that's way too hard. And we never fought him once. We just left. Yeah. We were like, bye. I, see you later. I thought about doing one of them, but then I was just like, nah, I'll just fight this dragon over here and hopefully not die. <laughs> and uh, no, I, I had a lot of fun with that one. Um, and I, I got to say, there are not a lot of six hour board game sessions that I play and I'm not like, all right, this needs to end now. And this is one of them. Like I, it didn't like when we got done, we were like, Oh my God, how long was that? Like, it didn't feel like it dragged on. Um, like the, the second scenario we did, did. Which gives me, which gives me like a, a a little bit of hope for, uh, Twilight Imperium, which I don't know if I'll still ever play, (laughs) but that, that being like an eight hour board game has always just like, been so intimidating that i haven't wanted to play it. I, I have played twilight imperium um i'm not as in love with it as so many other board gamers seem to be not because i don't like it or think it's a bad game i just played it and i was like well that was fun and and then i i you know um i moved on um you know for me if i want my like political strategy war game type of thing i usually get it in smaller packages um yeah. And but but Ti, I I you don't feel I, you didn't I didn't feel it in that one. That was one of those ones where it was like yeah, it was a long time. Didn't really feel like it, you know, because it 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 keeps it fresh and new the whole time. You don't really feel like you're dragging on so much. Right. Um, I just don't personally like if I'm gonna do a big long four five six hour game, I want it to be something like Mage Knight, something exploratory where where you're just kind of running around having fun than necessarily like eight solid hours of strategy, you know. Yeah, and I guess with Mage Knight also, it's you still have the fun of, of flipping those tiles over and, and exploring, even though it's yeah. all kind of the same locations like, that you're... I mean, it cha- it changes based on the tile that you have, mm-hmm. um, but it's basically like... It's very samey, and f- so far, Mage Knight has not felt samey for the most part. Yeah, uh, the, the three scenarios we've done have all felt dramatically different from one another which is something that that i feel like you don't see a lot in scenario based games i think i feel like scenario based games um a a lot of times i'll play them and i'll be like well these scenarios are kind of all just the same thing but different flavors and it's weird because on paper mage knight really is but little tiny changes really do change the flow of a scenario a whole lot yeah I agree. I'm I'm still excited to play more. I think I want to try to play a a quicker scenario. Yeah, I, I think um, you know, we we really we can do any scenario and just shorten the length. You know, like the for time, something yeah. for something like Dungeon Lords, where it's like we're not trying to get anywhere. We're just competing to see who can do the most of blank in blank amount of time. We can just shorten the amount of time instead of going all right you know, uh, uh, three rounds or was it six rounds do four rounds? Yeah. You know, easy I think, enough. I think I ended up winning that one. Didn't I? Oh gosh. You know, it's funny. It was a d- distinctly competitive endeavor and we were, uh, you know, cause I feel like our second scenario, we weren't really competing with one another in dungeon Lords. I feel like we really, we really were competing. It was like, no, I want to get more right. than the other person. Um, and I did want to mention that I feel like as much as I like cooperative stuff, especially scenario-based cooperative stuff, I do think Mage Knight plays better competitive because I feel like that competitive aspect did it did add something to the Dungeon Lords scenario for me. Um, even though I I'm mean, not generally super competitive in board games. 
Yeah, I mean, I liked it because it it wasn't it was less competitive against each other and more felt like a race. Yeah, definitely. I, I so, feel like it's it's this thing where it's um. I, in, instead of being pointed at a city or something, I can just be pointed at you and just be like, right, I'm just trying to get more stuff than him. You know, like it, it gives me like a soft objective. Well, I guess it's a hard right. objective. It's specifically the objective I'm trying to achieve. But, you know, it's less <laughs> it's less immediately present than something like, oh, there's a big city. Did you conquer it? No, I guess you suck then. Wasted six hours, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I'm still trying to like, I, I feel like I did a better job like at the end game because i remember oh, going yeah. very slow during the beginning and I you was know trying what? to the the, sh- the shitty thing is that i was trying to get followers <laughs> yeah which are useless is useless in dungeons yeah it, you kept doing it and then eventually i was like andrew you know you can't take followers in dungeons and you were like shit like the- <laughs> yeah I still got points for him at the end. Yeah, and I and, and honestly, it's those follower points that made you win too. That's it's still how you won, even though they ended up, you know, they weren't useless, they useful in the dungeons. It's it's how you won. Yeah. Um, I, I I think that um, I forgot what I was gonna say. I think you did too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, what I was gonna say was um, you did win that one, and there was more words I was going to also say about. It. You well, it was also a winning. surprise that because oh, I remember, I remember. When I won. No, in, in in the early game in that one, I was just crushing it, man. I was on the ball. I was doing fantastic. And then the last like multiple turns in a row, I w- I, I I went in a spot on the board where I thought I could conquer something, beat one thing there, and then realized there was nothing else there for me to do, and kind of spun my wheels for a few turns. And I think in that late game where I was kind of spinning my wheels, you you climbed up like you started doing a bunch of shit and and overtook me well because i got like a mage tower and then i got a, i fought a dragon mm-hmm. and i think uh god now i'm forgetting everything that i'm that i'm trying to talk about <laughs> <laughs> um i think you also at the end of the game or towards the end of the game you took way more wounds yeah than i ever had well i think i got near the end and i was like man uh andrew i i could this is one of those games where it's kind of euro style scoring where the score is it's kind of obscured you can't really tell exactly where you are which i like um but it means that you're kind of guessing and i was looking at it i was like man i think andrew is ahead of me and you kept being like well you got more fame than me you know you're up you're up on fame but you just had a lot more stuff more followers more actions more artifacts you just had more things going on uh, and well, while it's also I had the way the scoring works, yeah. And while I had more fame, you just had more of everything else. The thing that saved me was having more of everything else, which gave me like the like I think you had dungeoneer or whatever because you would mm-hmm. you yeah would I did take, get the most dungeons you did more dungeons, but I had the most followers, I had the most magic, I had the most like everything else which you get extra points for having the most of those other things and i kind of like that because even though we were competing on dungeons and dungeons had a special function which they served as fast travel and dungeons were worth more points um other stuff still factored in so it wasn't you're doing dungeons to the detriment of the rest of the world it was you're doing dungeons because they're worth more points and they give you fast travel access um right so so i i i liked that i i liked it a lot i I thought that was a really good scenario i i i'm I don't know if I liked it more than our first scenario or not, because I think first scenario is just excited to finally get to share the game with someone else. 
Um, But uh, I liked it a lot more than our second scenario. And I'm glad we followed up on it because uh, after that show, I feel like we're like, Mage Knight is great. Our game sucked. But man, what a cool (laughs) system, you know. And I I I like to get to come in after that and be like, no, we played again. And it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I liked the way that you put it whenever we were hanging out, which was uh, the Mage Knight scoring system stops you from being able to look on the board and tell who's winning. Yeah, and I I do like that a lot. So that way you kind of just, you don't have to focus on like, well, I've got this many points, they got that many points. You just uh, play. I need to do this. You're just like, well, I'm just going to do whatever else is going to get me more points. And and hopefully at the end I've got it. I do get real bad about that defeatist attitude when I'm looking down and I'm like, they have twice as many points as me. Like, what what's the point in me even playing? You know? Um, and yeah. it's it's that same, like, Scythe does the same thing where the scoring is really obscured intentionally, uh, which means scoring is a pain in the ass, but it also means that that um, it, in Scythe, whenever you're, 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 you're going through and you're scoring an objective, uh, you... you, you you like um you cross-reference it with like the score sheet thing and that gives you your, right. your final tally but you don't know what it is the whole time it's this same thing in mage knight um and and i i like it it, it keeps me from focusing so much on the score and on the points and more on just playing and what i find is that um you know it's one of those things where we're just happy to be playing games with one another it's still nice to win um, but I feel like because of the way Mage Knight does scoring, I, I don't even really care if I win or not. I don't even care about the points. I just want to talk about like, yeah, you got more than me. I think it was your followers. And I think, well, I could have done this different or this Mage Tower, I think, pushed you over the top. Like, I just want to have that discussion afterward, you know, yeah, rather, rather. I mean, it, go ahead. It's like a strategy session. Like, yeah. it's, it's basically at the end of the game, we're just sitting there trying to figure out who won, how they won. And it will hopefully help us win in the future whether or not we're playing against each other yeah. or uh, i think I, i'm cooperatively i think i'm always going to do the semi-competitive i think that really did i think it really did add a lot to the game for me um being being you know specifically competitive yeah you know now granted we could have been like fighting each other and stuff we didn't do that so that you know that's why i kind of say we was sort of semi-competitive we weren't just like walking around kicking each other's asses um Right, I don't think I would have liked the game as much if we were, if we were fighting the entire time. Yeah, I, you I, don't, can, you, I don't. There's know a mechanic it, yeah. for it, isn't there? Oh yeah, absolutely. There's player versus player combat. I've never done it. Um, it's definitely more complicated than regular combat, and and it just honestly doesn't seem super necessary anyway. Uh, you know. And I I don't know what it would do beyond giving each other wounds. I'm not, I really I, I honestly it's the one section of the rule book I haven't even read because I played it solo for so long and then I knew when we played together we wouldn't do it so I just still haven't read right. it um, I would imagine you get to take something else or, or get get something from it um, you get fa- fame from beating up the other <laughs> you other might traveler. Uh, but the game doesn't seem to majorly incentivize it even in the competitive modes it's not like oh you gotta defeat each other it's just you are doing your own things if you want to fight you can uh, and yeah. I, I, I like that a lot I, I had a really good time with the Dungeon Lords scenario I'm excited to play more I kind of want to do the Mines Liberation there's a bunch of them that I want to do now that I've done that one and and also finally kind of gotten over that fear of doing a, a non-standard scenario a non-conquest scenario because that's all I've ever done is conquest right um, because adding more rules scared me 
because it's already such a rules heavy game that the idea of like oh it's a scenario and it alters the rules i've always been like eh, i don't i don't want to do that let's stick to the basic rules uh and right. i think that was a mistake so i did want to put that recommendation out there if you do pick up mage Knight and you're like all right we're gonna do the conquest and you play it and you're like okay that was conquest play the scenarios uh the the rules don't change that much scenario to scenario and they really are very different a lot of fun i, I had a real good time with it i also did excellent I, who did I you play problem who i played the lady again so oh erythera uh, what was i was i tuvok tovok to one of them the a, a star trek guy, character you. and one of them's mage knight guy T- tovok T- tuvok i don't know to- to- <laughs> shit it, i was the night guy the guy on the cover yeah you were the knight and you were the guy on the cover because he has an ability called I don't give a damn, which is literally yeah. the name of his ability. So you get to shout I don't give a damn every time you use his skill. And he did, right? In I my don't face. give a damn. It's nice. <laughs> I like that. I think the only the only problem that Mage Knight has is having the time for it. Because it, it yeah. feels like no matter what we... Because we technically played a shorter scenario than the second game that we played. But it took longer to play it. Was it short? It was it was three days, two nights, it was, right? Yeah, and the other one was three three days, three nights. Okay, okay. So um, it was I, one, I don't know. One round. I think. Um, I think part shorter. of it is just going to come from as we get more familiar with it, we're going to play faster because we're going to be able to more quickly read the board. Because so much of the game is us deciding what we want to do and discussing it with each other. You know, and I, I think that kind of thing eventually right. will fade over time. But I think also, you know, um, I, I'd be totally fine playing that same scenario and just going, okay, uh, two days, two nights. You know, because even cut, because what I've noticed is in the last half of a Mage Knight scenario, every round, every night and day session takes an hour. Um, yeah. But early on, like your first day is quick and you're like, oh man, we're going to be done in two hours. And then your first night's a little slower. Then your second day, you're like, oh, shit, that took 45 minutes. And then the, the second night, you're like, that took an hour and a half. Like, it just keeps <laughs> expanding. Just dragging on. So I think I, I want to try one that's two days, two nights. Uh, so four rounds and and see how that goes. Because I think that last round in that long game was very long. Yeah, it took you know, a while. at least I, an hour or two. I think um, we could do two days, two nights, four rounds, and I think we could get it in like three and a half, four hours. I think we could. I mean, that's it's still a good chunk of time. Oh, it's still a massive. Yeah, it's huge compared to so many other games. Absolutely. Yes. So I think that's the currently the only problem I have with it is that it does take a lot of time, though. While I'm playing it, I don't feel you don't care. Time. Like, I, yeah. it, it doesn't drag on or feel like I'm doing something. That For I, sure should be doing something else yeah well and i've definitely had that feeling where i'm playing a longer board game and i'm like all right let's finish it because we have other board games to play let's you know like you you get that like that like work mentality of like let's get through we got more shit on our plate you know well i think that's what we've kind of also started trying to change about the the board game days that we have where yeah before we were trying to cram in as much as possible to try to play as many games as possible and now we're just kind of like we're gonna play two games yeah. all day well i feel like we you know games. and this is kind of you one. know how the sausage is made i guess but um i i feel like we have this this inclination to like well we do a board game podcast we need to play lots of new games like if we're just talking about a new mage knight scenario every month 
people, you know, people don't want that. They want the new thing, the hot thing, you know. But I think we yeah. also are kind of coming to terms with the fact that, like, no, you know, I think sometimes it's important to spend time with your games, talk about different scenarios, different ways of play, how you feel about them three months into playing them, three board game days in a row or whatever, you know. I think that's in, in important as well. There's value to that. There's value. I mean, no one cares. They want the new shit, but there's value. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's go ahead and get into news. Uh, if you're on the Discord, which if you're not on the Discord, we do have a Discord that you can be a part of. Uh, you, you may have seen the Come On Games, Masters of the Universe, the board game Clash of oh, Eternia. Shit! I think last episode I was like, I'm not buying this big pile of plastic. <clears throat> um, I think I might buy this big <laughs> Okay, so here's what they did. When they announced that, my first thought was, well, of course, they're going to make a full miniature of every fucking He-Man character ever, and it's going to be 700 miniatures in a skirmish game. And it's more of like, it looks like more of like a dudes on a map scenario type thing, and they've got miniatures for the big hitters. You've got your trap jaw, you've got your orco, you've got your skeleton man, you've got your hero man, you got all the men from the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. They're all there. Um, but you don't have like 50 million miniatures, and they have a bunch of miniatures that are like troops, and they're just these little generic little plastic totem miniatures. So it looks like they may be being a little bit more reserved with it, although I haven't seen the Kickstarter stretch goals, which I'm sure are just going to be boxes and boxes and boxes of people. What I love is the board art in this is fantastic. I love how this board looks. Well, there's two different things. The The thing you're talking about is uh, actually the Fields of Eternia by Arkham Studios. That is the one I'm talking about. And it looks good. And and I don't want to say small, but smaller. Uh, so I guess I did not watch the Come On Games thing then. Come On Games has not released. They just announced it, and they put the they okay. put the dumb Kickstarter splash page up where they're like, "Coming soon," but <laughs> well, nobody knows when. Then I'm excited for Fields of Eternia. That looks like good, medium weight, fun, gorgeous. I love that board art. I don't know what it is about the way that that board looks, but I want it. I want it just to own that board. It's bright. It's vibrant. It's it seems to have this like weird circles mechanic thing for some sort of like strange area control. I don't know. It looks cool. But I, that's the one we talked about last time, I'm pretty sure, which is a UK only, you can't get it in America. Uh-huh. Well, I hadn't seen it at that point. I'm going to get it now. I'll drive to the UK. You're, gonna, you're just going to drive there? Yeah. If you drive fast enough, you go right over the ocean. Just skim okay. right along the top like a like a pebble. It's perfect. I, it's the person. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see what the come on because the come on games uh, did release like the manual art cover, which looks pretty. I cool. saw those. Uh, the the come on games thing, like if it's another like Conan style thing, I I just don't have room in my my board game library for that. I don't need it. But that Fields of Attorney, a little, I'm I'm intrigued. It looks if fun it's and like I love an the area art. control. Yeah, it looks really cool. Game, yeah, for sure. Then. We'll have to see, and you'll hear it on this show whenever it comes out, usually maybe like a couple weeks later. I like how quickly you gave up on that teaser. <laughs> like, you hear it on this show, or I don't know, it might, maybe. Uh, well, guess what, Justin? What? Another Dune game Oh is shit! Coming. I want to note that you wrote uh, another Dwen game. You, yeah, you... Dwen. I spelled it wrong. <laughs> Uh, another Dune game, uh, yes. Dune Betrayal, from the same designers of The Resistance, 
the social deduction party game, uh, Dune Betrayal is a social deduction party game. So you're saying it's the Resistance, but with a Dune skin on it? That's what it sounds like, yeah. Uh-huh. How do you, How do you feel about that? I don't know. I, I, I ended up you um, love party um, games. Uh, 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 I don't know. Uh, I wasn't going to get any of the Dune board games because the big remake one everyone was excited about ended up uh, being three plus, and we don't have a third player. And um, but then they they had one that was like, oh god, um, shut up and sit down. Did a review for it, and they didn't like it. And everything they didn't like about it in the review, I was like, I like that. I want that. And then I ended up wanting that one. And there's so many Dune board games, I don't even remember which one it is now. It's the one we talked about last episode. Yes. Was... Um, it's not Imperium, is it? I think it is Imperium. Is it Imperium? That's the one that they were like, yeah, we don't really... And then I was like, that looks fun. Can you just do that for an entire show? Yeah. Like, I, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. Um, I don't I don't know how I feel about all of these Dune games. There's like 80 million of them now. Yeah, it, it is Dune Imperium, by the way. Yeah, excellent. I'm I'm excited for that one. Looks fun. I I want to get that one. Um, another <clears throat> horrified game is coming out, which I thought was pretty cool. Yes, I played the, that with you, and it was just B minus decent ish game. That's a great great <laughs> review. I don't know why, like, you said B minus, and I was like, how dare you? But I'm like, eh, that's a good, like, that's not a bad, like, review. <laughs> well, like, I played it, and like I was like, a, a I was D. like, that was okay. It wasn't like, let's play it again. It was just like, yeah, that was okay. I that don't mind fun. that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, American Monsters has been, has been announced. Uh, looks great. Comes with monsters such as Bigfoot, the Jersey Devil, and Mothman. Oh, Chupacabra's um, in it too, isn't he? Chupacabra, yeah, the Chupa thingy. Yep. Um, definitely in there. Uh, and hey, guess what? <laughs> what? There's another Dune game. Another Dwen game? Another Dwen. Oh, Dwayne man. Game. Dune, a game of conquest and diplomacy, a streamlined version of the classic Dune board game. Which classic uh, Dune board game? I don't even know what's... What is fucking happening in board games? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? I think How many Dune about- board games? Is that five? It's five or six, yeah. And there's an expansion for one of them. What is happening? Yeah, there's a new expansion coming out. Uh, I think there. I think it's the classic game that was just remade last year. What? Why? It was just remade. Didn't didn't Gale Force Nine this do that remake? This one's streamlined. It's a streamlined that, version. What is that? With oh a new God. map. Holy it's got shit! A new Why would they have a map? All right, whatever. Whatever. And guess what, Justin? There's another Dune game. <laughs> uh, this week they announced seven more Dune games. Uh, we're yeah, approaching I, I, more Dune games than there are grains of sand on Arrakis. So, uh, you know, we'll just... <laughs> yeah, at this point, I feel like the board game marketplace is just oversaturated with Dune games. Yeah. That... How would you even have the time to play all of these Dune games? I feel like here in a couple years, there's going to be people that are like, oh, I'm, I am I play board games. I'm a board gamer. And then someone else is going to be like, oh, I'm just a Dune board gamer. Yeah, no, I only play Dune, Dune games. Dune gamer. Yeah. Uh, so I, that, that's all That's all the ones I play is Dune. Uh, I don't do and any I of the other board games. read the books and watch the um, movies and yeah. that's it. Yeah. I'll also play any heavily sand-based games 
or anything with people who wear wetsuits that they pee in. Uh, and then drink the anything pee. and then any- <laughs> just anything like that. That's what I'm here for. Uh, and I'm sure there's other news out there, but there's just so much board game news all the time that I can't cover it all. Plus, mostly just, mostly Dune. It's mostly Dune and Euro game related, which I'm not a huge Euro game. Hey man, fan. I like a Euro game from time to time. I don't own many, but I like some. I don't know if I own any. Um, I own, I own games that people go, oh yeah, it's kind of a Euro style Euro mechanics. I don't own any straight Euros. I thought uh, Caverna is a Euro game. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I have Caverna, you know. Um, yeah, so I've got Caverna. <laughs> I like Caverna. It's you got the game. one. Yeah, you got fun. the one. Fun game. Alrighty. Uh, well, I want to get, I want to talk about, so we, in our board game day, we also played Alter Quest. Yes. Finally made Justin play that game. Yes. Uh, and then we also played Oath, which is going to be the topic of this episode. Yes. Uh, but I did want to like briefly touch on the one game of Alter Quest that we did play, um, which is not like this is not going to be a comprehensive review or discussion. Uh, well, it's more of just a per- first impression. Can I explain what happened? Yeah, go you ahead. You take this game out and you start explaining it. And as you start, you go, I don't fucking remember how to play this. And then you take <laughs> out the manual and you go, I forgot this manual is garbage. And then you're like, I forgot how hard it is to learn to play this game. And then you set up a scenario. We play it, go into the first room, and the like end boss happens to be randomly in the first room, and we died. And then we put it up and ate dinner. That was our Alter Quest experience. Yeah. I mean, so to be fair, we actually we got in the first room, and the altar appears, which I don't think it's supposed to. I think I set that up wrong. All right. I think it's supposed to be in the last like three cards. Like yeah, that that would make cards. some amount of sense. Yes. Um. So I think I no. <laughs> there was a card that allowed me to look at the cards, and I put it on the top. I don't remember. Anyway, anyway. It somehow got to the top. Yeah. Uh, and got in the first room, and then we just whittled down all the bad guys until the main boss showed up, and then at that point he had like eighteen, nineteen health, and uh, just annihilated us. It felt like, um, and you see this a lot, and and I'm not, I don't know that I'm a good enough critic to explain this phenomenon, but it felt like a lot of different systems were in this board game, and they were interesting systems, each of them on their own, but they didn't interconnect with each other in interesting ways, if that makes sense. I also feel like the scenario that we picked, which we just picked it randomly, yeah, uh, was a bad scenario. I would agree with that as well because it sucked. <laughs> and I, because I like it, I it was so short, and then we were so deflated after getting immediately killed that you were just like, oh, "Let's just eat dinner," and we just didn't even return yeah. to it. Uh, this was the fourth, fourth or fifth game that I played of Elder Quest, and yes. by, was by far the least fun uh <laughs> that i've had playing it which is unfortunate because it's what it's you know your first experience with it yeah uh, and that's including the first time we played it where it took us you know over the course of three days learning the game mm. just set up on the table uh that was ended up being more fun than this scenario that we played I- i'll and say that, that was a grueling three days of trying to figure out how this game works just my brief impressions of watching you swear at the manual and getting killed by a frogman. Um, <laughs> it 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 felt 
I don't know. I, I, I have not played enough of it to say this definitively, but I have a suspicion that it seems like it may be a little over-designed, a little, little, little more designed than it needs to be a yeah. fun dungeon crawl. Um, in, in, uh, and I know that we just got done talking about Mage Knight, which is a game that is one of the heaviest possible games you can ever play. Um, but, but, uh, it, you know, that's a game that does not feel over-designed. It has a ton of shit in it, but everything in it makes sense. And the other systems make each other make more sense. And in Alter yeah. Quest, it felt like it had these different systems and they all worked on their own and they, they, they related to one another. But I feel like in good board game design, one system will make another system make sense. And I did, and, and we didn't seem to have that in Alter Quest, so we kept having like figure out all the different shit separately, and and, and it just seemed like a, it seemed like a lot to remember up front. Right. Um, and the other, the and because you, you, you know you'll you'll you know when you're playing a game, and you're like, oh well, this works like this, so that means that thing must work like that, and it all it all clicks, you know. Um, well, I think the other issue we had is we didn't have anybody that <clears throat> produced armor. Okay. So we went the entire game. Uh, without any any increase to our armor at all. Yeah, I didn't know we needed that. Um, I forgot about it until halfway through the game, and I was like, <laughs> we keep getting hurt, and we we only have our base armor. Now, to be we fair, need... setting up one scenario and playing it, I mean, it took us a couple hours. Like, we were, in, we were sitting there for a while with it. Yeah. You know, um, it's not like we didn't spend much time with it. It was just, man, what a what a setup. So, I mean, I don't think it's available aftermarket anywhere. I mean, it's available aftermarket, but I don't think it's available retail yeah. uh, anywhere that I've ever seen. Uh, and I don't know if it's still available on their website or not. I did not look that up. But I'm interested uh, to play it again. Um, f very first impression, which, again, is extremely brief, is it seems a little inelegant, which I can put up with. I mean, I play Talisman from time to time. You know, I actually haven't played Talisman in, like, well over a year and a half. But I have <laughs> played it. You know, I'm okay with inelegance. Um, but uh, it does seem like that might be a little, a little bit of a hurdle, you know, early hurdle, but, but I'm I, interested in playing another scenario for sure. You know, the thing that probably saved it all is you got to play the horse guy. Which <clears> I did get to be a horse really, man. Yeah. The um, ho horse for a head man. Yeah. I don't remember his actual name, but I just called him horse man, uh, which as far as I'm concerned is his legal name. Yeah. He seemed like a cool character. He had a nice dynamic with uh, bounties. And yeah, he he. So he would have basically um, he had the ability to attach bounties to characters. He was a bounty hunter, and then he would um, get bonuses for attacking those characters, uh, which, which is, is kind cool. of its own self fulfilling prophecy. You know, <laughs> all my guy does is heal us. <laughs> I, I don't know what the purpose of making setting your own bounty and then turning it into yourself is, but that is that it did seem to be what he did. I don't know who pays him in that scenario. That's how he launders money. Is, <laughs> is that it? For his other illegal it's activities. Just a, it's just a front for for horse crime. It's just... Oh, man. Horse crime sounds cool. <laughs> now I want to write a book on horse crime. Horse crime. Uh, well, let's get into Oath. So I'm excited. Oath yes. was a leader games game. Uh, Kickstarted back in 2020, released this year, 2021. At least that's when I got it. Um, game designed by Cole Worley and the art by Kyle Farron. And if those names sound familiar, familiar, they are because they're the same people that brought us Justin's favorite game, Root. I don't, I don't know if it's my favorite. I it's, don't, you uh, talk about it 
You talk about it a lot. I think I, I, it might be the most fascinating for me. I am constantly fascinated by Root. I think it's in your top three. Uh, yeah, I think I'd say that. I think it's. I think it's probably top three. Yeah. Top yeah. three board games. Right? I mean, number one, Monopoly, obviously, obviously, <laughs> nothing beats I mean, Monopoly. That well, legally, has to be everyone's <laughs> favorite board game. <laughs> Toy Story Monopoly, number one. Yep. Number two, Root. Right after that. Yeah. Got it. Um. I guess I'll go. What were your first impressions? With uh, is my first impressions were that it was very weird and seemed like an awful lot of setup. Uh, they did do that thing where uh, it explains itself as you play your first game, so nobody knows the rules going into it, um, and and that felt a little janky because the the it, it basically. It gives you a, a game to set up, and then it has a walkthrough guide, and it goes, all right, this player, here's your page. You read through this page, read it out loud, and do the things, and it shows you how to do your turn. Um, and it said we could do it with three, and we had three, because we hired a third person to come play the yeah. game with us. Um, and the the issue was, we got, and I was like, this is really cool. I like this, because you don't have to read the rule book beforehand. It just tells you how to play. And, and I was really interested, because it's kind of a... Um, an interesting take it's it's like a macro strategy game i think is how i would describe it where there is strategy you are kind of worrying about moving armies around and who has control of what areas but it's not necessarily much in the way of immediate direct combat or battles or war game type stuff right um and and i like that i found that interesting um the issue was the fourth faction that we didn't have was the faction that explained combat so, so we had to kind of like piece it. Yeah. So together. right off the bat, like the game's like, don't read anything. Just do this walkthrough. And we do it. And then it's like, you're good to go. And we're like, we're not. We don't. What? What do you mean? <laughs> um, so that, that was that was a little um, th- annoying to have to get through. Um, but then we were just sort of off to the races. Um, and and I, I found the game's design... Um, just because it was so different than anything I've played before. Um, because in my head, I'm like, well, I want to play like a strategy game. And then it's like, well, you kind of can't really do that. Um, it's more like a weird, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a weird area exploration and politics game is yeah. what it felt like. <clears throat> I'd agree with that. I I liked the, as the person that set up the board game, um, I thought the first time setup was uh, very intuitive mm-hmm. and very easy to set up. And even though we didn't really know the rules, and even though I didn't, as the person setting up the game, you know, the booklet's like, don't read any of the rules. Um, just read it as you go. So I was kind of in the dark with everyone else, which was kind of like relieving in a way. Mm-hmm. where i i wasn't in charge of teaching the game yeah the game was in charge of teaching the game <laughs> yeah it, um, which is nice it's it's a load off yeah. and even though that one part went a little weird like we figured it out you know it was right. just kind of it felt i, I don't know it felt like a weird oversight where they're like yeah you can do this with three but you won't understand 25 percent of the mechanics you know i would say like my biggest problem with the beginning part was that it, it holds your hand <laughs> through the first turn of each everybody's turn yeah and then doesn't like 
doesn't really give you any hints for strategies after that. Yeah. Like, it's what, just like, okay, here's what you're going to do this one turn. Yeah. And then I'm like, what do I do next turn? And it's like, I don't know. What I'd prefer is if it was like, this is what, and it does give you a little bit of like, this is why this is a good idea. But I really wanted more detail on like exactly why everything I'm doing is a good idea and why I should be doing it. And if right. I should be doing it moving forward. But then I guess the walkthrough would be 40 pages and we'd never get through it. But well, yeah. how, like, how would you describe the game just in a general a general sense? Uh, man, I wish you'd asked me this before we started recording. <laughs> um, uh, because it's, it's a lot of politicking. Um, but what I, I like about it is it's not direct. Like I was like, Andrew, how would you describe the game? Listen to me describe the game. What I like is that it's not direct politicking, which can often go sour in board games for me because people won't want to play politics. And this lets you mechanically politic things around, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it. the thing that allows you to, to get around the politics section is that there's not really a trade aspect. No. Um, so that's what usually ruins politics games for me is you get to a point where there's a trade aspect in the game and somebody's like, well, I'm just not going to trade with you because I don't want you to win. Right. So, and that's kind of what ruined. I would say this is some, this is like a, an area control or can be, that's the thing about this game is it can be so many different things. It can be an area control game. Um, it can be just a pure objective based game yeah. uh, where you're, you're only concerned about one thing and that's can be bad. Like yeah. what we played getting out of first impressions, what we played with our second game where it was basically just a big tug of war. Yeah. Between us trying to fight over one thing. Now what what one one thing um that 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 I forgot I was going to say uh is completely gone yeah. out of my mind because I was so intently listening to what you said. I don't know what's going on with me tonight. I cannot remember anything. <laughs> it's okay. I know so, uh, I, I hold on. I got it. I'm going to remember it. I mean, it could be an area control game if the objective is for the for it to be an area control game, which is what the first game is. I think the first game is area control. I think what 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 and this is what's interesting uh, about um, Oath is that it's less about what it wants to be and more about what it wants to make. And what Oath seems to want to make is emergent stories. Yeah. You know, it wants to create these stories around the table. Because, uh, like, in our first game, we had a very interesting story where... Um, so, you were playing the Oath Keeper. Um, uh, the, the Chancellor. Chancellor. The big main dude that ruled the kingdom. And you get more stuff than everybody else. And you're all cool and everything. And near That's the right. end of it... <laughs> and you have the ability to offer people citizenship. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes it's a good idea and sometimes it's a bad idea. Um, and as citizens, uh, you, you know, you get special empire-related perks. Um, you but also at, win with the chancellor. Right. But as non-citizens, as exiles, um, you can win in different ways. And you're always drawing new ways to win and changing the way that you're going to win the game. So your win condition changes, which is interesting. And I like that a lot. Um, but... Near the end of our game, I drew a card that basically stated that I was the rightful heir to the Empire. And so I forced citizenship upon myself so that we could win together. That was my and win so condition. so that way you would become the Chancellor the next game. Yes, that was my win condition was that I was going to win by winning with you. 
right at the end and and it's and you would not have offered me citizenship because i wasn't going to win otherwise why would you i had nothing to offer you there's nothing i could give you and so there was this interesting story on our table of me you know coming out as heir to the throne and and you know the drama that surrounded that and then we had one other person that was suddenly the only exile and i liked that story a lot um my issue was that unlike something like root which is a dramatically different game but i i i I feel like i have to compare it because it's the same artist and the same designer um unlike something like root the factions you know in root are extreme that's the entire game is these different asynchronous factions they play different they look different they're totally different animals and they make them all very distinct in oath because of the nature of the game there are, really are no factions it's just you're yellow and you're blue and you're red i mean they they have their own art design which the art design in this game yes. is of course really great it's fantastic um but you're right there's no different there's nothing to differentiate between the two or the the three or four different factions right other than the way that they look they're and otherwise I, they play the same i find it strange that the game is so focused because the whole game all it wants to do is make interesting stories on the tabletop. But then it doesn't really give you characters that are acting out those stories the way Root does, you know, because I think emergent right. stories do come out of Root. Uh, it doesn't necessarily generate them the way this does. This is very intentionally designed to generate them. Uh, Root, it's just a byproduct sometimes where you have an interesting story that arises. Um, with Oath, it seems to really want to make those happen a lot every game but then you know you don't really have the actors that that it's you know i've got my my individual uh color has its own little picture of a dude and uh my pieces look different i had the little um um cyclops looking man yeah um but that was the only kind of character we got and and um and that's fine for kind of a macro game where you're not really dealing with the specifics of a faction or a character but when i'm like no my guy's the heir to the throne and it's like well what's your guy's name or what's he about or like wh- who's this character i'm like I he's blue he's yeah. the blue man <laughs> you, you have know? to yeah i think that's you know what you kind of talked about a lot after the game was you have to if your group is into making your own stories yes in like in developing your own stories while you're playing and not having the game develop it for you right then the game w- would definitely be for you like 100% right. but i think at the same um, time if you're in a group that creates your own stories and characters and dresses up and gets really into character anyway i don't know that you need oath to make these stories for you cuz you're already making them you know which isn't to right. say that i do or don't recommend it based on that i just found it an interesting um, design choice, uh, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, is that the factions were not more differentiated. I will say, uh, kind of getting away from how the game plays, uh, all the components are very nice. Yeah. Now um, you you do you did have the like Kickstarter premium version of the game. Is is there a cheaper version, or is it just like this is it? You get the leather book and the metal coins and everything's real nice. Or I honestly don't know because everything I've seen online comes with the metal coins and the <coughs> resin books. Okay, that's um, and that's nice because I do feel like this is one of those games where the pieces really are a lot of the allure. It is really nice on the tabletop. It's nice to physically interact with, which I know a lot of people scoff at, you know, because it's yeah. it's not gameplay. But it really for something that you're generating stories like this, I, I think it 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 
tracks. It I think adds it works. a real nice tactile feel, and I think that's part of part of like the endorphin rush of enjoying this game was like having the coins and having the books. Yeah. Um, and you know, all of the all of the art on every card is different. Okay, every so card itself is different. On the website, I'm on Leader Games' website. Uh, it's $120 for root, and it does not include the deluxe components. Okay. Um, the deluxe components are the metal coins and the wooden books. It looks like the game comes with cardboard chits for the coins and books. Yeah, I mean, I my game came with the cardboard chips for those also yeah and the the book and coin component upgrade is thirty dollars i would say if by the end of the episode you are interested in root thirty dollars feels like a lot for a little pile of metal coins and little tiny wooden books but they do if you're so inclined they do genuinely add to the tabletop experience in this game yeah i would i would definitely agree with that i would say that it would be worth thirty dollars yeah for um, sure for those components um I don't know. I we only got to play two games. I feel mm-hmm. like the second game would have gone. I, I kept expecting you guys to. So for the second game, it's. I would try to describe how this game is played, but it is difficult <laughs> to describe. Well, the, everything. The, the, uh, the basic the basic gist is um, one person is the chancellor and they control a big empire that that kind of already owns most of the stuff. You play a couple of exiles that move around, changing things in the landscape, drawing cards and and uh, generating secrets and influence among different factions that create an in-game economy uh, as leverage for um achieving win conditions that you draw randomly through a deck and kind of cycle through you over did. time uh which what I, I which i know is dramatically vague uh but that really is uh, again uh, um really i'd say if you're interested in this game you should be focused on what the game is there to generate because the whole design is laser focused on making interesting stories happen Right, and we didn't even we haven't really discussed it yet, but there is also a book that you write the you write down your story at the very yeah. end of of what happened in your game and who won. Yes. Um. So that way you have this catalog of history. Well, because it, um, it determines at the end of each game, a part of that carries over to the next game. Some of the locations carry over. Some of the the faction information carries over to the next game. Um, that was a little bit confusing whenever I was trying to set up the second game from the yeah. first game. I didn't set it up technically correct because I left in some cards that should have been taken out. Um, and I can and tell I, that, that the intent yeah. behind it is like, hey, we want you to be like, oh, man, Yellow Faction has been the Empire for five games and they've been lording it over one and pushing out all the exiles. And then this and such and such happened and someone turned them over. Like, that's the story they want you to be telling when you take out this little book to a new player that's coming to play your oath game with you. And they want you to be excited about that, which, again, is difficult because... There is no actual legacy component. There are no actual factions. There are, you know, uh, uh, yeah, like unless it was in the rule book and I didn't see it, like just some basic information, like blue faction are these guys and they're they're all about this, like something to give me, yeah, something I think that to hang on to. If they were like they come from the land of whatever and they, yeah. you know, came to this land from wherever else and. Yeah, Yeah. it would have been nice to have some sort of backstory. Because without that, the whole thing, the book is just basically telling you which color is in control. And you're like, okay, 
I don't, do I care? And you're like, not really, let's play. <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe something will come out. Who knows? Yeah. With with how many expansions there are for Root. I don't know how they would do an expansion for Oath. But Re- really, what I would like to see out. from Oath is, is, and I almost never say this, is more, more coins. More coins. Many more <laughs> coins. Coins for everything. You're the coin faction. You generate coins and your characters coin. You move coins around. No, I, I, what I really want to see, would like to see is, more legacy components add some story in here give me some characters give me a world that this is happening in because the the events that happen are interesting you know heir to the throne i had an event where i basically burned up everyone's uh little books that you use as a a type of currency um and I, i burned all the books in the land like these are interesting events but these are just events just floating out here in the void, not tied to any faction or story or world or anything meaningful other than some art, which is tremendous art. But I want to know more about my blue Cyclops man. He was cool. I want to know, like, what's his name? What faction are they from? Where, you know, like, tell me about him. And then give me more legacy components. Make make each game more impactful. I, and I've never said this about a game because I'm not a big legacy game person. But uh, uh, I felt like the, the, the like, oh, each game feeds it in the next game. It's like, well, if something cool happened last game, I don't need that game to influence this game for me to tell you a cool story about what happened. You know, like I, that that's unnecessary. Yeah. I still have the story, whether it leads into this game or not. Right. I kept expecting. So like the second game we had was us just fighting over one win condition. And I can, there's other win conditions that exiles can can get, which are called yeah. visions. Um, and I kept expecting one of you to get a vision and win yeah. that way. Yeah. Uh, and we ended up just fighting over the one win condition. Yeah. It it was um, the second game in particular. I I did do. Um, I, I you know I I don't love this in games. Um, I I feel like I'm not a very mean board game player. Um, I try not to be mean to other players, but I feel like in that second game, I had no choice except to be exceedingly mean to both of the only other two people at the table, just the meanest plays I could every round. Um, and obviously I could have done other things, but it would have meant completely giving up any semblance of even trying to win anything. I didn't feel like you were being mean. I felt like the plays that you were making were plays that you had, like what you could do. Like, yeah, I felt like that's well, what I didn't you have had, much else. I I couldn't yeah. win any other way because I couldn't afford it. Because I kept buying one one title back from you that would let me win and become right. chancellor the following game because I didn't get it after the first game. Um, and then our third player was trying to do the same thing, and I eventually just had to basically destroy their entire economy to keep buying this thing back from you because i couldn't afford to win any other way and i couldn't get any visions drawn to win with an alternate win condition so i like i'm sure a better player than me could have been like well you could have done such and such but at the time at the table i saw no other way to win and it felt much more mechanical like yes we generated a story but it was a story of mean hateful things done to one another <laughs> in the name of victory you know well, it was it was also our second game so i True. mean i'm sure True. i'm sure if we played multiple games we'd find one that was not as fun as the other ones right and i could have um, just drawn more visions like it could have gone so many other ways yeah i don't know i i think overall i i'm interested in playing more um 
I don't know if that's because I purchased the game and I want to try to get, you know, squeeze a little bit of the the worth out of it. Yeah, um, I don't think you need to shelve it or anything. I I I enjoyed the good parts of Oath were great. It felt really great, like turning the whole game upside down with a card. You know, creating this interesting story in the first game. Uh, it felt great in the second game. Whenever my plans came to fruition, they never paid off. You know, yeah. but it was a good feeling. Mechanically, I think it's a sound game. I think it's a fun game. Um, I just don't know that I'm sold on the stories it wants to make. I, I don't know right. if I'm interested in those stories. If that if that makes sense, like as of, again as events, they're interesting. As stories, I, I don't know. They, I have no context for these stories. It'd be like if I was like Andrew, a guy climbed a mountain. You're like, okay. <laughs> but if you're like, but if I'm like, I climbed a mountain, well, then you're like, oh, well, no, you didn't. You know, it's a, yep. it's a, you know, it's more of a story. I, um, I would say the only other issue that I kind of have with this game is the, even though there is a two player variant, um, where the, the, the chancellor is basically played by us, by a robot. Yeah. Um, this game really does feel like a three to hard three to four player. Yeah. Game. I, I would even say, um, it felt, I don't think it was, but it felt imbalanced with three. I feel like it would have played a lot better with four. It really would have. Well, it's a three to six player game. Yeah, I think so. four and up, it would have played better. It would have given, it would have put more options on the board. It would have changed the economy more. It would have given more interaction, maybe more stories. Um, um, I, I think four and up i feel like but again we haven't played i feel like four and up would have been a better experience honestly yeah um but mechanically it's very cool and interesting and different and fun um uh i'm not totally sold on the window dressing but it doesn't mean that the game wasn't very engaging mechanically it's it's very engaging and interesting yeah definitely better than alter quest am i right <laughs> <laughs> systems fit together a little bit more yeah <laughs> um well so you can still do you, uh do you still have it pulled up on Leader oh Games? yeah, yeah is, i got pulled is, up is it, um is it let's available see. for purchase still or is it pre-order or? <laughs> uh oh it is pre-order right now um okay i don't see a date on the pre-order okay they're estimating it says early august which it is right now so <laughs> oh no so here's a buy now it while it's hot Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's never mind. It's pre-order. <laughs> um, so they've got that up. Uh, you also have the sleeve kit, which was kind of frustrating because some of the sleeves covered some of the text on certain types of cards, which was a little weird. Yeah, they they have like this vignette around it, or, or which is cool, they have like like a I don't know how frame. To it's a it. frame. It's a card yeah, frame. They have a, they have a frame around it which covers some things and then doesn't cover. Other, I don't know. It was uh, it was like a nice touch that kind of made it harder to play the game. So if you bought what you have, the game, the leather journal, the sleeve set, and the components, you'd be paying $190. Yeah, so let, let me ask board. you, in your opinion of the two games you played, if you did not own, if it was someone else's game, we played at a game store and you, and, and we had the same experience we had and they, and you went, man, that was, that was kind of fun. I might want to play more of that. How much is that? And I went, well, if you want the one with all the cool shit they got. Um, and we did say earlier that the cool shit really does add to the experience in this game. It's $190. I feel like personally, I'd be like, <laughs> nah. 
I would uh, I would probably say to buy the game itself, mm-hmm. play it, see if you like it, and then if you like it, buy the extra Upgrade. components. Yeah, yeah. Man, the the art really is. I, I not, would... Now that I have it pulled up, God, the art is just so good. Kyle Farron's art. Um, I, I don't want to. You know, I know we've. I would harped say on it before, I want to say man. the. I would say the coins are definitely worth it from the get go. Yeah, coins and books are thirty bucks. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's um. It is not even just the base game is a hundred and twenty dollars, um, and I know the board games are in a tough spot a nice, right now. Comes with a nice uh, neoprene mat. Yeah, in the does box. come with neoprene mat. Uh, neoprene mat, uh, bunch cards, bunch dice. Like it's it's a cool game. Everything fits in the box, which <laughs> even sleeved. sleeved. Yeah, which so is I, astounding. You know, and I know that that. From a critical perspective, you know, you don't want to think about price. You just want to talk about the design. How is the design? How is the thing you're critiquing? But but 120 for me feels high for this. It feels real high. Yeah. Um, I feel like without all those premium components, this should be a $60, $70 game. Obviously, I know Leader Games is doing their best. I know they're getting cost down as much as they can. I know that board games are in a fucking terrible spot right now like people can't even ship things they're like we can't even get you the game god forbid it it actually you have good components i understand yeah i have um, like a i have like a tarot card kickstarter that i did yeah um there's a that, there was there i'm pretty sure it's still going on massive paper shortages in china like shipping like it's yeah. just it's like rough just, every month every month they just keep coming back and they're like it'll be another month <laughs> So like, I I, I don't want to sound like I'm bitching about the press like hundred and can't do better than that leader, but if it were if it were me, I don't know that I'm in for that. I just don't know that I am, you know. And that's saying something because I'm hundreds of dollars in the hole on Root. Yeah, you know. But when I bought Root, I bought the base game and I bought the expansion. And I paid eighty bucks total for all of it. I bought it on Amazon. And it was here the next day. You know, it was it was. Yeah, I think I kickstarted like 120. So I think all the all the extra stuff. Yeah, you basically got the extras free. for free. Now I will say, I, I, as far as like the writing thing down, the I, I don't want to call it a legacy component, the carryover component, or whatever you want to call it. Um, even when you're writing it down, you were like, I don't know what to write, and it seems pointless to write anything. Like, yeah, but, I mean, I like the second game. <clears throat> I made I made up like a like a little story. Right. Yeah. Um, but it definitely took like some brain some brain work. Yeah, I think to, to try to do it. I think what upsets me the most is it is such a cool world. Oath is really a cool world that I want to inhabit and I want to learn about and be in. And I feel like I I'm not I don't there's you know what I mean. Um, I can only interact with it through the lens of this gameplay and there's no other information about this stuff. And it's like, man, I want to, I want to be in this world. It's so cool and interesting. Um, like one of the factions, it's just like a fucking puffy cloud. What the fuck is up with that yeah. puffy cloud, man? I want to know about cloud, man. <laughs> and I think it, I think it just frustrates me that I, cause I'm just like, man, I want to, I want to know, like, tell me about puffy cloud, man. Well, maybe they'll expand on it. Hopefully. So maybe we'll, I just want like a lore book. I don't even want the game. Just sell me a lore book, please. Kyle Farron <laughs> Oath lore book. I would buy it straight up. Even though you don't own the game. Even though I don't own the game. Um, I find the art in the world that interesting. <clears throat> yeah, that'd be nice. Um, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash boardgamebarbarians. We have an Instagram at boardgamebarbarians. Uh, check us out on Discord. That will be in the show description. 
And uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps out a lot with the algorithm. Uh, and Justin, remember what is best in life. It's board games. Board games. Board games. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Good night. <laughs>